Hello, everybody. It's the Building Code. Zach Watovich here. And I'm Charlie Burtwistle. We're back. We're back. New year, new me. Absolutely. How yeah. many times have you heard that? Uh, dozens. Too many to count. Yeah. The uh, You also get a chance to do the good, uh, the classic, oh, I haven't seen you since last year. Um, so make sure you're taking advantage this of that. This is Zach Watovich signing out. I'll see you later. <laughs> hey, I haven't said it yet. I'm just saying if anyone yeah, out there, It was a hypothetical? Yeah, I wanted right, to. Good. I wanted to remind people that that's an option. All right, I'm back. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. Who do we uh, Who do we got on here today, We've Zach? got Doug Howard from Remodelers Advantage, their consulting group out of Linthicum, Maryland. There we go. Which I love talking to consulting groups because they give us so much insight into the operational efficiency, the goal setting processes, how to, how to better your company. It's the stuff that Builder Trend obviously has our own flavor to within the software, but these are, these are industry experts. So I always just love to dive deep. And I'm sure Doug's got a ton of great information for us to, to absorb today. Yeah. The other cool thing too is the timing of this is perfect. So, you know, early January, got the full year ahead of you, like a perfect time for some New Year's resolutions, some goals. Um, and again, talking with these consultant companies, as you mentioned, they work with hundreds of clients across the U.S. So they have a way of, you know, this is what we've seen in this area. This is what we've seen in this market. This is how you should be thinking about your business and how you can grow it and exceed expectations and break goals. Um, so this should be a really, really awesome episode and, and, and perfectly well-timed. Yeah, let's get them in here. Doug, welcome to The Building Code. Uh, to get started, tell us a little bit about what you do over at Remodelers Advantage. Yeah, thanks. No, well, thanks for having me. Uh, so yeah, uh, my title is Director of Consulting. Uh, so in addition to facilitating some of our, our peer groups, our roundtables groups, I get to do one-on-one -on -one consulting and coaching with remodeling companies all over the country. Uh, and then we do some on-site work as well when we're working with folks, usually on a two-day format for things like strategic planning, succession planning, and uh, process improvement. Um, so I get to spend all day talking about remodeling in one form or another. There you go. And it's, uh, so Zach actually used to be a, an onsite consultant for Builder Trend. Um, and the last guest that we had on here was a data scientist, uh, which is more my background. So I'm sure Zach will appreciate, uh, having someone, uh, that he can relate to a little bit more. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, remodelers advantage kind of got started? Yeah, sure. So, uh, company got started about 25, 30 years ago. Um, and it started as peer groups. Uh, so putting re uh, remodeling companies together uh, in groups of 10 um, from different parts of the country so they didn't compete with each other, meeting twice a year um, with a package that they would submit ahead of time with financials and org chart and things like that. And because they were in non-competing situations, each group kind of became the board of directors for each of the uh, members in the group. Um, and that grew over a long period of time took a little bit of a setback in the uh, 2010, you know, around the recession, grew back again after that. And uh, that's the mainstay of what the company does. That's the primary uh, thing people know us uh, for. Uh, but then we also have Remodelers Advantage University, which is an online resource. We have our consulting department that I head up. We do an annual summit, uh, which is an industry event. We'll usually uh, have three or 400, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Uh, remodeling companies in one place. And then we have a whole series of masterclasses that we offer that do training on everything from design and estimating to production to budgeting, the whole the whole gamut. So, you know, our, our mission is to light the path of greater success for motivated remodeling professionals. And we try to do that in a number of different ways. 
That sounds incredible. It's kind of the full gambit of what a construction company needs to be successful, huh? Um, well, and that's what really drives where the services come from. You know, yeah. we, we talk to folks in the peer groups and it's like, hey, we need more of this. That's really where the consultant grew out of and, and the master classes as well. Do you find a lot of companies having common problems kind of even you do, you know, mentioned initially it was regional, you know, kind of stay out of each other's backyards, but I'm sure there's still, there are local issues they deal with, but at the end of the day, running a construction company, there are some common pitfalls that I'm sure you've seen time and time again. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarity just in terms of growing a company, staffing it, uh, leading first time managers uh, that have never been in management before. Uh, you know, a lot of things that, that uh, just even understanding the numbers and driving you know, what drives profitability and good production practices. The other thing is because the, the roundtables are real time, you know, they're meeting twice a year. Uh, it's really also kept us very up to date on things we couldn't possibly have known about, like how people are reacting to COVID or how the uh, product disruption in the industry is uh, really impacting folks. So we kind of get this real-time recharge of information uh, as, we're, as we're also navigating people through things that have always been part of growing a, a remodeling company. One question that I always love um, you know, talking about or asking is just like kind of your typical customer. So are the people that you work with, you know, are they people that have been in the industry for a long time and are kind of looking for a refresh? Are they just started this business and trying to look, you know, how to get up and going? And what are some of the companies that you work with, you know, typically look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So we really have kind of a three. I'll give you kind of either ends of the spectrum. And then what we do mostly, we work with a lot of folks that grow their business to maybe, eh, maybe six, $700,000 in revenue. Um, they've done most of the work themselves. They don't have much infrastructure and they really want to grow into a company. Uh, that's a lot of what I work with even before they're ready for the roundtables program. On the other end of the spectrum, we have folks that have been in the industry for a long time. Maybe they've even been with our roundtables program years ago, and uh, but they come back. Um, and usually the driving factor there is the next generation is about ready to take over and there's going to be a transition whether it's the next generation in terms of you know, someone's son or daughter or the leadership team or what have you. And then right down the middle, we have folks that are generally in the maybe million and a half to three and a half, $4 million range, some higher, some lower, but um, that are really just knee deep in growing their company, trying to build profit year over year, looking for those best practices. Um, and uh, they're uh, pretty much exclusively interior home remodeling companies. Um, and uh, we have pretty good coverage across the country. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's most of who we're working with uh, day in and day out. Got those awkward teenage years companies, huh? Those are yeah, the... that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like they're oh, doing yeah. well, but they just need a little more direction to really that's get right. to that next level. Yeah. Uh, how many customers are you guys working with now or if you ballpark it? Yeah. So uh, we have about 300 uh, roundtable owners uh, that are in our core program. Uh, we have about seven or eight groups so 70 or 80 that are in our production management roundtable. So those are production managers. Uh, we have another couple hundred that are on our university. Um, so probably, and then we have some that some of our consulting clients are in roundtables, some are not. So I'd say we probably on a you know regular basis are interacting with maybe five, 600 remodeling companies. Wow. I, so I'm super curious, obviously, you know, this would be an interesting interview at any given time, uh, but especially in the past couple of years, uh, how kind of crazy busy, you know, remodeling companies have been, yeah. um, 
and I guess the timing of this episode works well in our favor too, where it's going to be released, you know, early January. How should these people think about, you know, kind of goal setting for the upcoming year uh, when they're seeing, you know, workloads that they've never seen before? I mean, the entire industry is kind of flipped on its head. How do you recommend people kind of level setting and saying, okay, here's what we're actually trying to accomplish to, as Zach put it, grow out of these awkward teenage years and, and be as successful as we can? Sure. That's a great question. So the biggest thing that we see right now is normally the pace of growth of a company was what you could sell, right? And a lot of companies right now are outselling by far what they can produce. Mm. And so really now things like production capacity, how do we grow it? How do we know what's coming around the next curve? That's a much, much bigger part of what we're talking about. So what I really try to do is get folks to think about growth in terms of a five-year plan. I always want to know where people want to be five years out. And even though people say, well, how can you do that in the crazy world we live in? Um, I will tell you the people that had five-year plans as they were going through COVID, they at least knew how far off track they were. You right. know, it was a really good rudder to bring them back in line. So we try to get that established. And then we look at where they are. I like to look at things quarterly. Uh, and I like to look at like a monthly average for that quarter. So when someone says, I want to grow from, say, three million to three and a half million, right, in revenue, I'm more interested in that that represents about $250,000 a month in work, right? Um, and we're going, going to grow to something that's probably just a little bit uh, closer to 300000 a month. So I try to look at right now, we're doing a lot of this. What do we have in the first quarter? What do we have sold? What's in design? What's in production? When do we get to that level? And, and usually that level will grow over the year. So if we need to average 250, we might be at you know, 210 for the first quarter and 230 or 40 for the second quarter on up into you know, the other quarters. It's a much more manageable set of questions. We can look at what's going to drive production capacity. Hey, we need another small job or we're going to be finishing a big job. We need another one to start in May. It really translates the, all these numbers into something actionable. But the really cool thing about it is when someone grows at that pace and each of those quarters has an escalation, when they get to the fourth quarter, all they really need to do is maintain that level for the next year and they're going to go up in revenue again, right? But they're doing it in a very controlled and a very uh, profitable way as opposed to we sold a bunch, let's go build a bunch, let's go sell right. a bunch more, let's try to fit it in. Uh, it is really hard to stay profitable in that mindset. I always love talking to the consultant. We get a lot of consultants on our podcast and, and you yeah. guys lay out your steps and you just make it sound so easy. I could just, you know, a builder when they're like trying to get their jobs done and that, that's exactly what they're going through. is like, I just got to sell and I got to build. And like you take a step back and there's a process and it seems complicated, but there's, there's strategy, there's steps to follow. It builds that foundation. And eventually yeah. it's just what you do. you like, that's just how you run a company. Uh, just takes yeah, yeah. translating all that information into actions is really important. And one interesting phenomenon we're seeing right now is most production, I think, over the years has been prim primarily driven by the order in which things are sold. Right. Right. You sell something, it goes in design, it gets to production. That's the order it's done. Now we're seeing because of product delays, type of projects, things like that. It's much more about what's the next thing that we can get into production and how's it going to fit that slot. So I always tell people, you know, predicting what the start date for a project used to be interesting information, and now it's critical information because we need to work backwards from that date if we're going to maintain those levels of uh, production capacity. I really like the, you know, you pointed out the having the five-year plan is like your baseline um, that you'll always want to be reevaluating. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper in that when when you are sure. going through your five-year plan. 
uh, exploration. And how do you, do you see that through, or are you do you deviate off your five-year plan given the circumstances? Um, how how rigid are you when you're consulting your clients to stick to, you know, this is our five-year plan. This is what we want to do. Yeah, I, I think when they set the goals, if they're, if they're really meaningfully set, uh, sticking to that is really, really important. A lot of people work really, really hard. And what they get out of it is just kind of what, what's left over. And I'm yeah. a big believer if we determine what kind of money do you need to be making? How many hours do you want to be working? I tell them, you know, I want to predict as much of that five-year model as we can based on where they want to be and then put the appropriate demand back on the business. So what happens is during that process, as circumstances change, the strategies change, maybe the timing of certain things, but not the end goal. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always kind of give people the example. It's like if we were going to take a five-day road trip, we had to be somewhere that has specific time and destination. You know, one, one of my kids' graduations or wedding or something like that. If we came out of the first day and didn't get as far as we thought we would, we wanted to, you know, the next day we'd leave a little earlier, we'd take a different route, drive a little faster. And if by day three, we weren't really close at all, we might, you know, turn in the rental car and take a flight the rest of the way, right? So really what comes up now is, you know, the tactics may change, the pace of things may change, but what we really shouldn't be making the variable is where we're going to be and when we're going to get there. And when we hold to that sort of level of discipline, then it's a lot easier to kind of decide, hey, we need to ratchet things up a little bit here, or we need to take a different approach. Well, that has to be pretty convenient and, and cool for you guys as well, too, where a lot of times if people were trying to do this on their own, they may think that some of the issues that they're running into are, you know, just issues that they're seeing. Maybe they're, you know, a material supplier, the delays that we're seeing, like, I don't know how to combat this, but you guys took this really cool approach where you kind of go group first mentality, right? So it's not just you, you know, XYZ builder. It's not just the market you're in. This is, you know, we see these same issues across the entire industry and you're able to actually take the learnings that you found from one person and apply them directly to another person as well, too. Yeah. And like I said, we're continually getting updated with new ideas. A big part of that also is really being able to look at statistics because we get all that financial data. We have a lot of down, you know, in the the details statistics. And uh, Victoria Downing, the president of our company, always likes to say that R&D stands for ripoff and duplicate. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I, you, whenever, whenever our guest brings up data or statistics, I, I always look at Charlie because his eyes light up. He's like, ooh, I want to <laughs> see those reports. Well, right. you are kind of speaking my love language there, Doug. Uh, yeah. Something I'm kind of curious about, and you actually kind of beat me to the jump there, um, is how you measure success um, once you kind of establish this plan. So you've mentioned just, you know, total revenue at the year end. Um, Obviously that's a bit more of a reactive measure. How do you, what typical things do you encourage businesses to kind of track and keep track of um, throughout the year to make sure they're, you know, on the right path and they're making good distance on their road trip, as you put it? Yeah. Yeah. We always want to make sure that, um, you know, we're keeping a good handle on overhead. I think that's one thing that's easy to kind of get away from you. Uh, so we want that to be fixed. And a big way that we do that is making sure that people are putting things into cost of goods that really relate to the fluctuations that go on in the field. So we truly have an understanding of what does it cost to operate this business, whether we do two jobs or 20 jobs. Um, second thing that's really, really huge is things like uh, closing ratio. You know, How much is our marketing doing for us? How much is that translating into the kind of business we want? Uh, profit margin on jobs is huge. Some of that comes down to pricing. But also some of it comes down to how well we close, you know, actually produce jobs uh, and look at, uh, you know, 
the job reviews at the end and really learn lessons from that, take action on that. Um, and, and so that's a big part of it. And then within the five-year span, there's other things that we're usually trying to accomplish, like maybe it's reducing debt or maybe it's building out the org chart, but maintaining profitability, right? So five years from now, maybe I don't want to be doing everything that I'm doing right now, but when I get there, I don't want to have to have given up what I was supposed to make in the meantime. So one of the biggest challenges we find is lining up the financial side of things with the people side of things, right? So if someone will do a five-year projection, that's great, but it's a lot more meaningful if you can also give me a five-year org chart that shows who we're going to need in the company and can we afford it along the way to make that come to life. And so that's why, you know, so much of what technology can do is really let us game out those scenarios, right? What does that look like? How much capacity can a production team handle? What if we slightly improved margins? What if we slightly improved efficiency? Um, and that's where it really starts to get to be uh, fun because really you can engage the whole team, give them really meaningful information, and everybody then starts to understand how they contribute to this five-year vision, right? And that's when you really get some of the best ideas, I think, to come out of your team. Yeah, and not to go down a, a giant rabbit hole here, but I think that that's a big value that Builder Trend provides is now you have all the data stored and tracked in an easily accessible place. So if you want to look at what your profit margin was, you can actually go into a specific job and get all your inbound, outbound payments, see what you actually ended up there, you know, efficiency, lead close rate. Um, you're, you're the second guest in a row here now. This made me pull out my pen and paper and jot down notes as we were talking uh, to take this back to my real job too, um, outside of my freelancing podcast career. Uh, so yeah, that, those are all just What you call R&D? What, what did you say your Victoria called uh, it? Rip off and duplicate. Yeah, Charlie Charlie did some R&D on the podcast. <laughs> maybe things we could do better. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, and it's, and it's funny too, because I always tell people when you're looking at financial information, I always want to ask three questions. What happened? What does it mean and what are we gonna do about it, right? Data is just data until we take it and ask those three questions. And then once it becomes actionable, that's when it becomes really powerful. And I always tell people, you know, you know, use that GPS model, right? You wouldn't want a GPS that kind of, you know, when you talk about a road trip, right? We wanna know where we're headed and how we're gonna get there and when we're off track, but you wouldn't want a GPS that told you where you were two hours ago. You want one that tells you where you are right now, right? And that's the power of something like Build Your Trend where you can look at it and say, okay, this is not about, you know, waiting for month end financials and all those things. This is about where we are right now. What's going on? What do we need to fix? And we're going to do it before we find out we're three hours off track on our road trip. And we might not have the time or money to get back to where we need to be. Um, so we love when folks, you know, use uh, that tool and really embrace it and really use all the facets of it. Um, you know, because each one of them, uh, as you guys know, addresses another particular thing that's going to keep that company on track one way or the other, whether it's marketing or schedules or, or whatever. All ties together. You're bringing up some great insights that I, I love to get out and hear from the experts on how to, how to kind of get this into the hands of our customers. One of the things that I know you wanted to talk about a little bit that we've, we're, we're kind of just getting into, which is the technology piece of uh, how a company can kind of navigate their business and, and how does that feed into goal setting? So when you're meeting with your customers, like do you recommend to them if they don't have a technology solution to find one? Um, you know, are, what, what does that process look like when you're bringing on a company, when they're trying to set their goals and facilitating good technology adoption within your business? Sure, no, I think it's a critical piece. I think it's a critical piece if they're gonna be able to keep up with things. Um, so 
Uh, we definitely encourage folks to have project management software and make sure it integrates with accounting software. That connection between software products is so important, uh, how they capture timesheets and things like that. One of the things that can be a real killer in terms of using information and uh, even having good information is when you have five different things going on in five different systems, right? So sometimes you'll see someone that's got their marketing and CRM over here and their bookkeeping over there and their budget on Excel. And, you know, like this stuff only works powerfully when it's connected, right? And so it's, it's, it's tied together and we see how one feeds into the other or how our schedule change impacts capacity or uh, productivity or any of those things. You know, and even at the most simple level, just making sure that if you do your budget in Excel and you do your accounting, say in QuickBooks, that somehow those two get into the same system Otherwise, you're not going to know if you're off track, right? The reason the GPS knows that is because it knows where you're supposed to be and where you actually are. If that's in two different, you know, platforms, then no one's going to say, hey, wait a minute, guys, you're, you're not in the right place. So I think that's a critical piece. You know, there's always the challenge of sort of the upfront training and investment and those kinds of things. But then once that system's in place, the efficiency that comes out of it is tremendous but mostly just really that early warning system of, hey, something's not the way we wanted it to be. Um, I think most business owners, most remodeling company owners that we work with, they know what to do if they have the right problem put in front of them. It's a lot of times just in the tremendous pace of work or multiple projects or maybe someone not having the information at the production level who really could make the right decisions. Um, that's when we get ourselves into, into trouble. Uh, so... That, that's, you know, I, I think it's, it's a critical part of anybody trying to execute growth and a long-term plan. So with the, um, not to kind of like put you on the spot here, but obviously the, the incredible pace that we've had in the past couple of years, um, especially for the remodeling industry, is that something that you guys can't even anticipate um, continuing going into 2022? And when you're working with these companies to set their goals, do you encourage them to kind of, you know, shoot for the moon, kind of do a little extra than you would typically anticipate? Or what are some of your thoughts on just kind yeah. of the, the the industry as a whole you know moving into this next year it's a great question i always tell people if i really know i'd be really in very very high demand much more so than i am uh, <laughs> but you know based on what we're seeing we're seeing a lot of companies that have the better part of 2022 uh laid out built out uh some folks actually already taking projects into 2023 uh and when we see like the lead flow and things like that you know and it's always going to ebb and flow a little bit um my gut feel is we're going to see a really strong 2022 and probably a pretty strong 2023. Um, I think by maybe about this time next year, maybe a little later, we'll start to see signs as to whether or not there's maybe a little bit of a bend in the road or it's going to continue strong. Um, my biggest message to folks right now is if 2022 and 2023 are going to be strong, then let's get things the way we want them right now get the team structured appropriately, get the, the, the systems in place, the processes cleaned up. I think people are going to look back at this period of time, even though it's been crazy how we got here, and look at 2021, two and three, and say, you know what? During that period of time, I could have moved the ball forward, either in terms of profitability, debt reduction, how we operate. And I'm really encouraging folks not to miss this opportunity. Um, whether 24 and 25 look like great years, mediocre years, or terrible years, I think everybody will have been well served to make the most they can out of their companies right now. And not just in terms of profitability, but in really getting the right talent, developing them, building just a strong um, organization. Great advice. We 
have the pleasure of getting to talk to people who really know their stuff. Charlie and I are always just sitting in wonder of like, man, keep keep going. Teach us what else. What else do you want to give us there, Doug? <laughs> well, you know, I think the biggest thing we're seeing right now, not only in terms of owners and keeping up with the pace of things, but even attracting the best talent is also being very careful about managing that work-life balance. You know, making sure, especially, yeah. you know, that as they're planning out the year, you know, that people are getting time off, they're getting time to refresh. They're, you know, we're, we're not we're not burning them out. We're not working them uh, beyond their ability to deliver quality work. Sometimes that takes pacing. Sometimes it takes maybe slowing down a little bit. Um, but I, I think really the companies that are looking to have uh, good quality, strong culture, and even attract talent, uh, because a lot of what we're seeing right now is people making job changes, not just because there's more money available or even necessarily benefits, but because they can find that money and benefits in companies that will really respect, you know, that uh, they want to have more of a balance. Um, and so I think that's just one of those things that as companies really look at where they are, it's like, what can we do to reduce the stress level? What can we help do to help retain uh, talent? Um, and I think uh, that's going to be another hallmark of 2022. I think there's going to be some shifting in the industry. And I think companies that really pay attention to that could find themselves in a much better situation in terms of their capacity. And that topic had actually just reminded me before this, I was out on your website kind of poking around and you guys have a ton of free resources out there too with some of your podcast episodes and your blogs and things like that. I was actually looking at one. It was like, uh, I think the title of it was like bonuses and incentives for year in reviews. So I was taking some notes there. I have my annual with my manager tomorrow. So I'll have to use some of the uh, suggestions that you guys laid out there to bring up to him. But for anybody else listening to this that, you know, is curious about, you know, your company and remodelers advantage, uh, what's the best way for them to, you know, kind of start down this path? Um, should they just go out to your website or what does that contact kind of look like? Sure. Yeah. So they can certainly go to the website, which is www.remodelersadvantage.com. Uh, lots of resources there. People can reach out to me specifically. Uh, my email is just Doug at remodelersadvantage.com. And they can even get directly onto my calendar uh, by going to www.15minuteswithdoug.com. Um, and uh, yeah, even if it's just in a very initial conversation where we learn a little bit about where they are in their process, size of their company, that kind of thing. Um, we can always, you know, whether it's the next webinar coming up or the next event or maybe something on our university, uh, it's always fun to be able to take someone and help them make that next step, you know, and that usually uh, uh, helps them, but it also helps build our community as well. Fantastic. Well, Doug, we're about out of time. Thank you for coming on The Building Code to speak with us about your company and the great work you do. You just laid out how people can get in touch with you. That's very gracious of you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, we hope sure. we come back on the building code, um, but that's all we got. All right. Well, let's hope we're getting off to a good start for a new year, right? Absolutely. Appreciate it, Doug. Thank you. Okay. All right. We just had Doug Howard on the building code talking a little bit about all types of fun things, goal setting, strategic planning, five-year plans, really, really awesome stuff. Maybe the, the deepest we've ever gone in the actual strategic planning of a construction company. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was cool to listen to him talk um, again, like with the consultants like him, just hearing their industry knowledge and 
the same type of you know problems and in ideas that we have every single day they're constantly seeing you know hundreds of you know people that they work with across the u.s and all these different markets um and across the industry is fun seeing a lot of the assumptions that we have validated um and a lot of the concerns and a lot of things that people should be worried and thinking about also validated uh, but presented in a way of these are things that you can fix and things that you can improve on um here's how our company can help here's how builder trend can help um the, you know there's just always a better way i feel like that's the common theme with a lot of these consultants and doug was right on par with that i saw you take a few notes i did take some notes yeah i had uh all the different metrics that he said that you know people should be thinking about i have closing ratio written down profit margin you know making sure you keep track of your overhead and keep that consistent there so yeah i did some r d um with doug and that's uh maybe a good t-shirt idea i've not pitched a t-shirt for a while um, uh, less than a couple of weeks. Less it's been, than a, a, it's been weeks. a whole a whole couple of weeks, Charlie. Yeah, but Doug was fantastic, and you know, super excited for everyone to you know hear this episode and get their 2022 off to a good start. Absolutely, no better way to bring in the new year than with the building code. Zapatovich here. Great sign off. Wow, I'm Charlie Burtwistle. We'll catch you next time. See you.